Hello and welcome to the Partners for Access, Rare Disease and Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Max Rex. I'd like to start by wishing all our listeners a very happy new year. 2019 is shaping up to be an exciting and groundbreaking year in this new healthcare environment. And we will be here to take you through all of the major regulatory, corporate and scientific developments and what they mean for you. This week, we will cover the recent wave of mergers and acquisitions being announced by Big Pharma, as well as the impact of the current US government shutdown on the FDA and the FDA's new initiative on drug assessments and innovative drugs. Joanna Fernandez is here to give us a summary of the recent wave of mergers and acquisitions announced by Eli Lilly, GSK and Bristol Myers Squibb. Ahead of the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco, Eli Lilly announced its intentions to buy Loxo Oncology for $8 billion. This is set to be the largest deal Eli Lilly has ever completed and follows its acquisition of Armo Biosciences last year for $1.6 billion. Both deals aim to boost Eli Lilly's oncology portfolio, which currently includes Alimta, which treats lung cancer, and Herbitux for colorectal cancers. Loxo Oncology's portfolio is focused on mutation-specific cancer therapies for a more tailored approach to treatment. This includes several drugs still in clinical trials and Vitruxvi, a therapy for solid tumours with a specific NTRK biomarker, which gained FDA approval in November 2018. The completion of this takeover is expected in the first quarter of 2019. This deal follows the consolidation wave that has seen many big pharma strengthening their oncology position in anticipation of their blockbuster cancer medicines losing patent protection. With Bristol-Myers Squibb announcing only days ago its agreement to buy Celgene, the value of this deal is set at $90 billion, one of the highest acquisitions in the history of the pharmaceutical industry. It reflects the strength of Celgene's oncology portfolio, which includes Abraxane, Revlimid and Vidaza. GlaxoSmithKline also recently bought out Tessaro for $5.1 billion in December, which included its approved ovarian cancer therapy, Zajula. AstraZeneca announced the appointment of Jose Basalga, a prominent cancer specialist, to head up its oncology research and development department as part of its new strategic plan to increase its efforts in the oncology field. A potential reason for this focus on cancer treatments may be because of their relative price rigidity, seen even in the face of increasing cost reduction pressures. For example, in the US, where President Donald Trump has repeatedly attacked pharma companies over rising drug costs. Now, a couple of stories from the past week from US FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. The ongoing partial government shutdown in the US is having a large impact on the activities of the FDA, with several of its usual operations fully ceased. While the FDA is continuing its drug evaluations at the moment, as part of these evaluations are paid for by the manufacturers themselves, this funding will only last until the end of January were the shutdown to continue that long. The FDA can't accept any new fees from manufacturers during the shutdown, so this has led to fears that there could be delays in getting drugs approved, which could potentially harm patients. Other activities that the FDA usually conducts are also affected, including some very pressing activities, including food safety inspections. Dr. Gottlieb stated that the FDA is having to prioritise the most important inspections and some staff will have to work without pay. Given the 
great differences that remain between President Trump and the Democratic leadership, as well as the president's bullish rhetoric, it is not unthinkable that this shutdown could extend beyond the end of January. The longer the shutdown remains in place, the more anxious farmer will become, joining the many other groups that are being affected by this shutdown. Dr Gottlieb also announced the formation of a new FDA Office of Drug Evaluation Science that will be dedicated to advancing innovation in drug development. The aim of the office is to make innovative drug development less risky and less expensive for companies. In the words of Dr Gottlieb, quote, The whole reason the cost of drug development is high is that the science of prediction is costly and uncertain. We think these tools can help us better define the science of prediction. End quote. The office will develop tools for companies to help develop drugs, as well as improving the FDA's review activities. The FDA hopes to make tools such as patient-reported outcomes and biomarkers, quote, a much more formal part of drug development and review, make our approach to these tools much more structured and disciplined, and to elevate these components as formal elements of the drug development and review process. End quote. This new office is another sign that the FDA, under Dr. Gottlieb's leadership, is open to adapting to current trends in the pharmaceutical environment. Formalising these approaches of reviewing drugs will help pharma companies to show the benefits of new drugs where standard reviews are not appropriate, and will make patient-reported outcomes harder to ignore. And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, please go to our website, www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, and please share your thoughts in the comments section. On Tuesday, January 15th at 5pm GMT, Partners for Access are hosting a webinar exploring the role of innovative access agreements in the reimbursement of cell and gene therapies. In particular, the webinar will look at available mechanisms to pay for cell and gene therapies, the impact that financial and outcomes-based agreements have had in the US and EU, and what the future holds. Please register at our website under the Webinar Series tab, and we look forward to seeing you there. See you next week. Goodbye.